yards rushing. His career high is 149. This time it's McGuire on the carry. And McGuire has got some room. Will they get him? McGuire will go! Touchdown, Jets! 69 yards! His first NFL touchdown! Welcome once again to the Irish NFL podcast, brought to you in association with the 42.ie. Kicking us off there at the start there, you just heard Elijah Maguire, the Jets rookie, 69-yard touchdown, which powered the Jets to their surprising win, as any Jets win is at this stage, uh, but a fantastic run and a fantastic TD to kick off the show today. I'm Mark this week, a rather fa- a fan of the rather lethargic New England Patriots, and I'm joined as always by Brian O'Leary, a fan of the listless New York Giants. Good afternoon, Mark. Afternoon, Brian. And Gordon Bridgefield, a fan of the rather lively Pittsburgh Steelers. We're on track again. It's all good. It's all good for you. Uh, you can listen to us uh, on iTunes or SoundCloud, and please subscribe to hear our past episodes and don't miss any future ones. And do follow us on Twitter at Irish NFL Pod. Now, boys, not as drama-filled as last week, but still quite a good weekend of uh, games this week. Good tight games. Some surprising breakouts. Well, there's some very surprising results this weekend. You know, last week we were all convinced, uh, maybe not so much yourself, Mark, but that the Patriots would win against the Panthers. That was a bit of a shock, um, especially, I suppose, on the back of a poor game by Cam and the Panthers g- the previous week against the Saints. And then, of course, the Atlanta Falcons, who had looked the best team in the NFC f- in the opening few weeks, had a very good win against the Packers at home, second home game. And we've big go down to the Bills? Well, we have bigged up how good the Bills' defense has been, so... Uh, maybe we shouldn't have been surprised in terms of holding off the Falcons offensively. And Gordo, one of your favourite players, Deshaun Watson, breaking out for the Texans. So I think they we, we thought they might not see 50 points in five games this year. They saw it all in one game at the weekend. I think that was the biggest surprise for me for the entire weekend. Um, like Again, we say this every week. We've always been very big on the Titans, uh, especially in the offseason. But for Texans to come out and score 57 points, it's just I, I didn't see that one coming. No. Um, and I don't think any of us did. We, we were texting back and forth just amazed at the points that they were throwing up. So, yeah, that was, out of all the games, that was the one that was the biggest surprise for me. The explosion by them, certainly. The combination uh, of both offense and defense. Well, we, yeah. we did flag the Texans' defense during the week, and we'll get on to it. I mean, four inceptions, et cetera, uh, really yeah. helped power that. But, look, you still got to put the points on the board, So and they certainly did that. Let's kick off the roundup anyway. We'll start off back on Thursday night. We had the Bears at the Packers. This one finished rather th- rather obviously, I would say, 35-14 in favour of the Packers. They go ahead for the first time since 1937 in the overall uh, competition, if you like, the Chicago Bears. The head-to-head games. The head-to-head between yeah. the two of them. I mean, for me, we saw. I actually talked about this last week. The Bears have been totally Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, but I don't think even Robert Louis Stevenson could have imagined anything as bizarre as what they've done. Uh, they've literally, in uh, odd weeks, performed well out over and above expectations and in even weeks, been atrocious. Uh, it was a shocking performance by them. Green Bay had a breeze. Rodgers was efficient. But I think, guys, what we have to talk about is Mike Glennon didn't step up to the mark, fell apart, and now this week we've it's been announced he's now the ex-Bears starting quarterback with Mitch Trubitsky coming in to start next weekend. Yeah, I'm not even before this game. I wasn't, uh, I suppose, too surprised, but they made that decision because we had had a conversation around the fact that he seemed to be an earmarked for quite a few weeks for week five and this particular game against the Vikings coming up. But going back to the game last Thursday, I suppose they didn't 
Duke Lennon's um, himself any favours in terms of four interceptions in the game. Two fumbles, one of them was ridiculous. I mean, it was snap back, he hits his leg, it rolls up, it was kamikaze stuff at the time. He never really, they never really recovered. They were 7-0 down very early. It was a good drive to open the game for the Packers. Then the very first snap for the Bears, there's a fumble. The Packers are recovering in the red zone. You, re you pretty much know the game is over. 14-0 down pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. And in fairness to the Bears, I mean, they struggled on and they scored a couple. They scored two touchdowns throughout the game, but I think one actually was near the gar what you'd call garbage Good time. Fun. Touchdown, but is there very much more to say in the game? The Packers have moved to 3-1. Everybody expected it. The Packers have a really big game coming up this Sunday against the Cowboys but um, as I said yeah they probably they move on from that game they've also had 10 days to plan this game on Sunday obviously turnovers don't help any team yeah. but I think that was the biggest thing for them but the interesting one for me was looking to total yards for both teams so for 35-14 win you would think the Packers were well ahead but you know they had uh, 260 yards in total passing yeah. and rushing and then you had uh, the Chicago Bears with 308 so uh, again even with the four forced, uh, forced uh, turnovers well, what I would say about that, there was two or three really long plays from the Bears at times, like they did. You know, there was secondary issues from the Packers at times in the game. It was they it was the bizarre them. thing because the Bears had left the Packers with short fields a couple of times, hence their total yards being done. But they did move the ball up and down reasonably well, and then they just self-flagellated uh, at the end and exploded. Look, we'll see this week if it continues. I, I always remember my favourite book's Animal Farm, and it used to be the line: two legs bad, four legs good. We'll see if that continues for the uh, the Bears. Odd weeks good. Even weeks bad. We move <laughs> then on to London. And this was the second London game this season. Uh, the NFL is finding new ways of giving us a terrible, terrible NFL game in London each week. This was the Saints at the Dolphins. Saints won this 20 to zip. Um, I, I described this on Twitter at one point as being a semaphore display because there was more flags than points for much of the game. Uh, when it stopped being the Ed Hockley show... I was actually looking for David Blaine because somehow someone made the Dolphins' offense disappear for the second game in a row. And to me, this game was over after the first drive. Opening drive of the Dolphins. Dolphins looking good, moving the ball. Cutler through an end zone interception. And after that, it's punt, 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 punt all the day long. To be honest, I think if you last past the first half, fair play to you. Because, like, again, 0-0 zero, zero first quarter, 3-0 second quarter, 7-0 third quarter. And then, or sorry, seven points in the third quarter and ten points in the fourth quarter. Like, it's not an exciting game to watch. And, and it really didn't... Like, look, New Orleans came back. They've had a bit of a resurgence the last two games. Two games, yeah, um, two in a row. Drew Brees is kind of doing what we all expected him to do from the start. He was a bit of a slow starter. And I think that's, again, due to the lack of talent that he has on the offense. Um, but he's coming through now. Um, so a win's a win. Um, but again, Jay Cutler just did nothing for him. Yep. That particular drive at the start of the game was strange because... They had walked the ball all the way down the field and Adam Gay seemed to be mixing up with runs and passes. And then he gets very close to the end zone because I think there was a particular flag that brought him up to the three-yard line. And then you're thinking, hand it, o hand it off to Jay the trainer. Jay the trainer, Jay, back in London. And you'd, you'd imagine three yards out, they'd at least start with that, maybe second, maybe even go all four. Because if he gets in, the momentum is with the Dolphins. He's from London, he scored, the crowd will be into the game. And it was a very strange call to go with that fade route and of course it's intercepted and they never really recovered from that to be honest to no no I mean a, an interesting bounce back for the Saints defense as well but a big injury loss they had Will Streif their left tackle Stein left tackle is now on IR for the season and a dodgy offensive line potentially becomes dodgier so we'll see how that develops for them let's move on to some better games Rams at Cowboys uh, Rams took this one 35-30 this was a cracking game if you got to see it both teams slugging it out very tight and tense all the way throughout 
Um, Sean McVay, I'm going to say, for the youngest head coach in the NFL, deserves a hell of a lot of credit because he's certainly now got the Rams' offense and Todd Gurley in particular functioning, which it wasn't doing during the Jeff Fisher days. You have to question how good is it compared to Dallas' defense, which we've talked about being potentially an issue. But, guys, I'm going to ask the question. I asked it last week. The Rams now got a big away win. Last week I said, are they now in contention for a shot at the NFC West? And I got a resounding no this week. Well, what really impressed me about this particular game was, it was actually after the game or so, Sean McVay's interview, he actually put all the, all the praise on Wade Phillips. Because in the first half, they gave him 24 points and the Cowboys ran for 119 yards. And the second half, the Cowboys only scored six points, two yeah. field goals. Locked them down. Locked them down, put an extra man in the box. Made all the alterations at halftime, giving the Rams the opportunity to come back. Because they were down in by uh, 11 points at one stage, and then they were down by seven. So they were always kind of up to the third quarter. But uh, interesting enough... They never felt out of it, though. Like, it was a no. real slugfest. They always felt, felt, felt they were in the game. But when Gordy came into the, the league, the fourth year he was really good. And sa- second year, not so good. But interesting enough, I noticed last weekend was, you never see much from him in terms of going, in terms of receiving yards. But now he seems to com- become the all-inclusive running back in terms of he handed off he'll take the catch like that particular touchdown he got from Goff where it was a kind of um, a r- the throw was just kind of right between his secondary and the linebackers and Gordy just came onto it perfect and it was a 40-50 yard rush. we never saw that like stuff even in the fourth year when he really was r- progressing very well never saw that type it's interesting it gives him another ball in that offense to really push on and he's for real I'm still not sure yeah I, I, I'm really interested in him I think um, Goff has come through this year I think Sean McVay has really made a difference Here's an interesting one for you. How many interceptions has uh, Goff thrown this year? Oh, I'd say zero. He's thrown one. Uh-huh. And he's only thrown one interception. That's in the one loss they've had this year against Washington. Every, okay. every other game, zero interceptions thrown. I think that's one of the key things for uh, the LA Rams. Sean McVay makes sure that the play calling he's putting out there suits Goff, keeps it simple. And again, I think everyone is realistic about that, but it keeps it simple while still improving week on week. So, um, yeah, I'm... I I think every week he's coming out there, he's looking more mature. Uh, and, you know, 3-1, and one, it's not yeah. a bad start to the season for the LA Rams. They would have taken that. Absolutely. Um, and he a, gave lot of, a lot of teams would take it. But he gave a really passionate post-game speech in the locker room, Sean McVay. And it was really, like, you wouldn't think he was a rookie head coach. But then what does he do? He passes two game balls out, one to the kicker and one to Wade Phillips. Yeah. And he gets Wade Phillips then to close it out with the team. Uh, but then steps yeah. aside completely. Yeah. People are pointing out his maturity as a head coach. It's just, it's unbelievable for some guy to come in like that who's 31. Like 31, and Wade Phillips is in the league nearly 30, 40 years. So, yeah, yeah. it's really interesting the way he's managing the LA Rams at the moment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Big game for them next week. Seahawks are coming to town for NFC West supremacy, one would say. And Wade Phillips, I love his Twitter handle. He's son of bum because his that. dad is bum <laughs> Phillips. So, I, I just like that. Uh, now to two very surprising results going to combine together. The Bills went to travel to the Falcons and beat them 23-17. The Panthers, and I can't believe I'm saying this, went to the Patriots and beat them 33-30 in a real shootout. I say they're both surprising. We're talking about the two Super Bowl teams from last year, both being turned over at home. The Falcons lost to a stifling Bills defense. And again, we're talking about young head coaches. Big credit here to Sean McDermott and the real strong turnaround he's presiding over, particularly on the Bills' defense. And the Patriots basically lost, deservedly, I must say, to the complete absence of a defense on their side. Mm. Um, Gordo? Yeah, it was in the, to be honest, uh, Brian got this pick right last week in the Bills uh, for, their, for their last win. Nobody predict, I don't think any of us predicted them to beat Atlanta for this week. 
uh, and they came out and it's what McDermott has been saying. I don't think they've um, thrown an interception this week or this year. No. And he's really banging on uh, the drum saying that is the most important thing for the Bills at the moment. But again, what's proving with all of these results uh, this week is if you throw turnovers, you're going to lose games. Four turnovers for the Falcons. And again, you lose to the Bills 23-17. Well, the Ryan, the Ryan did, uh, you're right, Ryan did blow that up. I'm going to counter that though because the Patriots got two turnovers against the Patriot Panthers and still lost. But yeah. still, you know. The, the, even when it does four, there was two interceptions, sorry, f- uh, and the f- for, uh, two forced fumbles, but there was a touchdown return within that. The Bills' defense is making plays. Uh, the ill yeah. discipline that was there on the Rex Ryan is completely gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marshall, in particular, the safety, he has been he's been standing there for them. So yeah. then, and then you go over to the other side of the division, and you have to. Do we have to? Well, okay. yeah, why not? Why go not? Um, it was an unusual <laughs> one because I honestly thought the Patriots were going to blow them out, but the Panthers got t- two scores up, and they seem to move the ball up and down all day. We had the conversation around the defense struggling. Week in, week out, but the Patriots seem to always be able to put up enough numbers to win the games, and it was it was clear very early on that Brady was very concerned about the fact that you know we really need to score a lot of points here today. Well, it's funny because obviously I was watching the game live. Um, full t- uh, ten down, uh, fourteen down in the the second half, uh, late in the fourth quarter. Brady leads one touchdown drive, get a three and out, leads another touchdown drive, converting with Amendola on fourth down. Uh, you know, great back level again, kick deep. They've held the Panthers on the first two downs, third down, get a massive sack, and actually gets all pulled back because Gilmore, that very, very expensive off-season acquisition, gave away a penalty for hands to the face. I, I'm not going to blame the refs. Patriots definitely deserve to lose. But after that happened, I kind of knew they're just going to go down here and kick the field goal, which they did. Mm-hmm. And D- Gilmore you know, hasn't, hasn't, he ha- doesn't seem to have picked up whatever schemes... Belichick is running at the moment. He hasn't seemed to grasp what's going on. He needs to grasp soon enough oh because yeah. he'll just he's get getting benched. exploited game after game. The the thing that people missed is Gilmore was actually benched to start the second half. But on the first play of the second half, Eric Rowe, who he came in for, did his groin in. So and he was back in. So he was brought back in. But that could have been the big story. You know, you're not getting the communication in the back end. But the defense has got issues across the board. Brady can't bail him out forever. He Look, Brady's on a tear. He's playing great. Ten touchdowns, zero interceptions. So no There's an argument he's playing better now than he did last season. Yeah, there is, absolutely. I mean, he's throwing for more yards because he has to. He could lead. He is leading the league in yards and in touchdowns because he's having to try to pull them back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> as a Pats fan, I want that to stop. I want us to be handing the ball off in the second half and, you know, walking over a win. But they're not so far. They're two and two. They were 2-2 two two in 2014 and won the Super Bowl, I remind everyone. But at the moment, they certainly look a long way away from the Super Bowl and didn't play very well. Uh, another AFC East team to keep the theme going. Jaguars at the Jets. Jets pulled this out 23-20. The Jets have a second win, guys. I j- again, I don't know where this is coming from. As in, like, what is Todd Bowles doing in New York? Because he's doing something right. And again, we bigged up the Jags last week after their amazing performance the week before. We said Blake Bortles can't lose your game. Well, he's sorry, he's not losing your game at the moment. I just think there's something with the Jets at the moment. They've just, I don't know. But no. I, have a, I have a theory. I have a theory. Go they, on. They've, they've sucked out the New York Giants mojo. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of arguments That's last year that he'd two lost. Wins versus, versus none. I there was a lot that. of arguments last year that they'd lo- he'd lost the dressing room. Yes. But in the offseason, he's got rid of Marshall, Decker, uh, Revis, Sheldon Richard, and four guys Richardson. who you'd imagine are the strongest guys in terms of personalities within the dressing room. Seems to have brought a unity back into the team. All the big heads are gone. 
And he says, right, let's all play and pull together. And they seem to be, all seem to be. I think I'd agree entirely when you go Revis and Richardson more than anything. I think they were probably two of the most divisive mm-hmm. characters in there. Yeah, and but it looked like they were under, undermining him yeah. in particular. And look, like, you see now the difference in two but games. But don't forget, I mean, Bowles did a great job in his first season. I mean, obviously yeah. it went back. So, I mean, he's a good coach. He's a, he's, sorry, he proved it when he was in Arizona as well. He's a really good coach. But, so but you've got Josh McGowan leading the offense and not throwing a single touchdown. Well, yeah, I was going to say, this, this was a bit of a weird game in that regard. We called out Elijah Maguire's 69 yard run at the top of the show. Uh, Powell, Bilal Powell also had a long touchdown run where he looked like he was knocked down after seven yards. 75 But he grabbed touchdown. up, jumped up, and ran through the rest of the defense. The rest of the defense stopped thinking he'd been touched. Yeah. Officials looked at it, confirmed he hadn't been touched. So there you go, 14 points from two long you know, unscripted, if you like, touchdowns. Yeah. Maguire's run was brilliant, though. But they still nearly messed it up. Remember Josh McCown had this very weird backward pass where he threw it off the back of the helmet yeah. of Bilal Powell and Miles hit the road jack, picked it up and ran 80 yards back with it and it looked like the Jags were going to pull it out of the fire. I, know I was dying that, to argue, use that I one. Knew so. you, I knew you were you, <laughs> the smile on your face. Um, you could argue it was, a very, it was a terrible call. They were in the red zone at that stage yeah. up by 10 points. See out the game. You know, the Jags were going up and down the field at that stage. Even if you need to take three points and put it into a 13-point lead. It was a bizarre call. That was and exactly put the, the Jags right back in the game. That was exactly the problem. But they didn't throw it away. They're two and two, same record as the Patriots, just a game behind the Bills for and leadership and of the Jags. And they're obviously going to win this weekend because they're playing the Browns. So, <laughs> speaking of Bengals yep, at Browns, thirty-one-seven for the Bengals. Yeah. Um, I just want to say it lives. The monster lives. Lasers Frankenstein offense is finally reanimated. Even Mary Shelley would be proud of Doctor Frankenstein here. Well, four touchdowns for Andy Dalton. The Cleveland Browns, Gordo, pull out the Pyrrhic victory out the fire of despair this week. Well, clearly it's not Andy Dalton's fault, as in that is what has been proven. It was your offensive coordinator was holding back the amazing Andy Dalton, lads. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I know fancy football is not a, something we discuss, but the team, my team name is a team of Andy Daltons, and he just comes out of nowhere now, and he's sharing the load. There's no standout players really from the Bengals side. He really shared a load in terms of the passing. Uh, I think every, uh, AJ Green only had 61 yards, something around that, yep. plus one touchdown. But again, their offense just seems to be functioning, which it just wasn't doing for the opening two weeks. Um, so yeah, it just proves Andy Dalton is still a decent quarterback if you have somebody calling the right plays. And the Browns, Gordon? Let's just, like I said, we're improving. It's, it's, it's an improvement season. Improving. All right? improving. This is the first game that they haven't really done it. I'm going to give them a you know, benefit of the doubt. We'll come back next week. We'll see how we get for, on. For new listeners, uh, the Browns are Gordo's second team behind the Steelers yeah. and everything. We'll, we'll get on to these third and fourth teams in due course. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm an NFL fan, guys. <laughs> NFL. Oh, <laughs> NFL fan. Lions at the Vikings. Uh, a tight game, 14-7 in favour of the Lions. Again, actually doing it on defence more so than offence. Um, I, I want to share one of the funny stories I, I think I saw when I, I was looking at this game was uh, I was watching it on Game Pass. Kai Forbath, the Vikings kicker, stepping up to kick a 41-yard field goal. And it's like the uh, the caption of Doom comes up. The caption came up to say, he has 23 consecutive field goals tied for the NFL record with Robbie Gould. Sure enough, comes up, doinks the kick off the right upright. There's it's guaranteed. There's only one kicker at the moment who hasn't missed a kick. Um... Can you know it? I can't remember it's the name. It's not Gostowski, anyway. No, well, it'll come to because it'll, it'll come back to me, but there's, there's a currently oh, one. Oh, it's uh, probably um, Greg Zerline. For? Uh, the Rams. Greg, yes. Greg the yes, Leg. Correct. Greg the Leg. Greg the Leg, that's it. Yeah. The uh, the Lions' defense was very good on Sunday. Uh, we're so used to seeing Lions win high-scoring games. Yeah. And we touched on last week that maybe they are for real this year now, the 3-1 big game this weekend against the Panthers. 
But uh, they're winning games in a manner that we're not excused to. You know, they're battling it out. They're, you know, to hold to hold the Vikings seven points at home when the week before they put up such a high score against the Bucks, it was no mean feat. I mean, it's, it's certainly the best Lions defense I can ever remember. I mean, even when they had that high-powered D line with Indomitian and Sue and a couple other, um, um, it was dysfunctional. It though. was dysfunctional. It never really clicked, but now they seem to be clicking there. Certainly at the quarter yeah. mark, they're doing well. Um, Steelers at the Ravens, twenty-six-nine for the Steelers. Yeah. Gordo back on track, the choo-choo train. Yeah, it was one of these ones I backed the Ravens last week when we were doing the picks. Again, I just felt the Steelers were really, really off from the previous week. And I, I, I'm i not over-optimistic for the season going forward because, again, you had 35 carries for Le'Veon Bell versus 30 throws for Ben Roethlisberger. It's a breakout game for uh, Yeah, for but, but Big Ben, like again, 216 yards versus Le'Veon Bell, 144 and two touchdowns. So we were very reliant on Bell. So again, will he last the season? I suppose is the big question we've been kind of posing for the last few weeks. It's an interesting one. Look, it's a win. It's a very, very important win for, for the Steelers. The division, the division is poor, though. I mean, yeah. the rest of the teams. You'd imagine uh, they'll win the Yeah, against the Ravens. Like, I'm not getting over optimistic yet. I'm going to see how we get on next week. Uh, I would like to see Ben Roethlisberger just doing a little bit more in the pocket because he just still doesn't look like totally he wants insane. to be there. He did yeah. look, I, have to say, I, I agree with you in the sense that he hasn't looked himself to see him talk. Gradually, last week, he did look a little he, bit better. He looked better. He does look yeah. better, but he's still like, you know, you're over-reliant on Bell there. Um, and again, when you're relying on one player, that's... That's always a I thought it was hilarious to see Harbaugh's press conference on the Friday leading up to the game because they were still quizzing over the whole London thing and the yeah. negative kind of press that went with the fact that they didn't seem interested. He gave it about the hotel selection, saying that the NFL selected the hotel, the Ravens weren't allowed to select their hotel, the practice field in which they were using was 45 minutes from the hotel, they didn't select it. Don't believe any of that stuff. There's no way uh, Ozzy Newsom and the Ravens aren't selecting where they're staying. But then they had ar- I'd, I'd ask a question, well, you were at home on Sunday and you got well beaten, so what was the reason for that one? Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah I don't How about you're just not a good team? I was surprised when Jesus, you two boys... Just, just put it out there, Brian. Well, yeah, but I mean, I was surprised when you boys picked the Ravens last week. Their offense hasn't clicked it at all. M- They've been mo- bailed out by the defense. Yeah, well, I, t- I actually went for the Ravens because purely because of what happened the previous week with Steelers thought to be an ill effect to that whole... Uh, national anthem stuff. Oh, okay, so that was my top process. I think it was Gordon's as well. Yeah, pretty much it. I thought there. I thought the team was going to be a bit um, disjointed, disjointed and, and yeah, fractured. Okay, quite the opposite. Well, yeah. yeah, and I mean, let's move to a team we started at the top talking about, which certainly weren't disjointed and fractured. Uh, the Texans, who were home to the Titans and walloped them, fifty-seven fourteen. Um, I mean, Wowzers' performance of the week was certainly from Deshaun Watson, accounted for five TDs and all four with his arm, one with the legs. He, uh, you know, it must be said that it was a complete team performance. The defense started with an interception uh, and continued to put pressure on the Titans. Uh, Mariota had two interceptions before he left the game, and his starts is worth monitoring. Uh, Matt Castle is the backup in Tennessee, and he came into the game, went four of ten with two interceptions, one being a pick six. Um, and, guys, you could have knocked me over with a feather if you told me that after four weeks, three of the top four offenses would be the Texans, the Rams, and the Jacks. Yeah, I again, I, I was looking at those kind of stats, and they're a little skewed because the Texans have had such a... Like, that 57-point game skews those facts a little bit. But again, I agree. Like uh, Bill O'Brien must be kind of sitting there going, why, th- why the hell didn't I pick him week one? Why did I wait so long? Because he clearly... Like, you don't just go from not being ready in week one to putting in these performances. So clearly he was doing this in the practice field. So I, I don't know if it was just the previous year's experiences of, you know, throwing in a quarterback too quick and he just said, I won't do it. But he's 
He doesn't look like a rookie the way no, he's, he's playing mi- beyond his years. He's miles ahead of Tom Savage yeah. uh, than he ever was. So it, it, it just it's baffling because you've thrown away the, the first two weeks, you know, or sorry, the first week definitely. Um, yeah. Just then, as well as that, with the Bears starting Trubisky on Monday night, I'd imagine there's a pressure on Chicago to make the change. I know we're moving away from this particular game, but yeah, yeah, they're right. probably seeing what Watson's doing. He was the 13 pick in the draft. Trubisky's number two. They so traded you'd up imagine for. they expect him to be the better quarterback. So I say they're thinking the pressure's coming on them. Let's let's put him in. We're seeing what Watson's doing in Houston. It's going very well. It'll be interesting to see how he plays out. Yep. And poor Patrick Mahomes continues to sit on the bench behind Alex Smith. So I selected Watson in our in our NFL draft as the quarterback for this season to go with. Put Mr. Mahomes over here. Oh, you do, do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look, I I think like I say, Mahomes is just keeping Alex Smith on his feet. Like so. Fair play to Mahomes. Without Mahomes, the the Chiefs <laughs> wouldn't be where they are. Just saying, putting it out there. What? <laughs> <laughs> right, and we'll go with that delusion and move on to the Raiders at the Broncos. Um, we're going to talk about picks. I think this was uh, an interesting one because the Broncos' defense shut down the Raiders 16-10. And probably the big story for this isn't just oh. the Raiders' offense looks shaky and the Broncos... Uh, I actually, I described it during the game. In the NBA, you have three and D is the way some teams play. In the NFL, it's no turnovers and D can get you there too. Yeah. That's what the Broncos are doing. Jamal Charles looked tasty, you know, the low-cost, high-upside pick. Certainly a lot better than the Saints pick of Adrian Peterson's looking. But the big story, guys, Derek Carr injured again. Uh, a small stress fracture in the back, I think they're describing as the Tony Romo injury, mm. is the word. So that's what describing. Tony Romo was happening to be commentating, commentating on the game. And at least two weeks out, possibly more. It was, uh, a, sa- it was a sack, wasn't it? That brought on the injury, I think. Uh, we think so. I mean, I got yeah, there was a sack. He got chased around by three or four people. Yeah. yeah. The Broncos' defense looks like the Broncos' defense of all two mm. years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. In particular, in the three home games, obviously, they lost the one in Buffalo. Really strong. They get to the quarterback very quickly, uh, Miller. Yeah, Miller, Miller, he, yeah, he looks, he looks like he's really up for it this season, and um, probably a point to prove after a disappointing year last year, and I suppose we didn't really see them as potential Super Bowl contenders. <coughs> <coughs> well, if they continue with that defense, they're going to give yeah. the Chiefs, and we, we don't know how the Raiders are going to play out now. We right, we car gone for a couple of weeks. They'll continue, you know, if they continue like that, they're going to be potentially definitely in the. So playoffs. before you kick in, Gordon, I just have to remind listeners that you know in our preview show when I had the Broncos down as contenders and we were talking about the contenders, Brian's exact line was, "I don't know why we're talking about the Broncos as contenders. Sure, they're not going to do anything." Anyway, Gordo, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm just disappointed for the Raiders. We I had high hopes for the Raiders this year, and they were again. There's images going around last week of Derek Carr and being stuck in quicksand. He just couldn't do anything last week. This week, then he gets he plays against the best one of the best defenses in the league. And he's got a back injury, which doesn't matter what they say to us. If it is any bit of a serious back injury, it's going to affect him for the rest of the year. It's as simple as that because defenses are going to target him. Yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to call it now. I think this could be the end of the Raiders season. Um, well, that's heavy. Well, I think if he misses two games and he comes back, fair enough. But if they go two games, they lose the next two. They won't lose this weekend. Yeah. They're playing the Ravens at home. So I think EJ Manuel is still good enough to win that game. Do you really think so? He yeah. came in and didn't he throw a, a pick? He did get a good drive going, though, at one point. Yeah, I mean, it was more the offensive line struggles that was But then the old EJ Manuel yeah, you're came. You're asking to go into a game like that at that yeah. stage. But he threw a pick that was just, you know, stereotypical of EJ Manuel back in the day. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I really do think if Derek Carr, if this injury turns into be a serious one and he's gone for more than two games... That's their season done. Uh, uh, sorry, and I also, w- Marshawn Lynch I isn't doing it for them. Yeah. I do agree with you. If it's a long-term injury, 
they're in trouble. If yeah. they can game management with, with the current quarterback for the next two games and get the get them themselves over the hump and Carr can come back and they're still in a yeah. winnable position, I'd expect them to make the playoffs. I, I have to also share, actually, what it's Brian's favourite commentator, Tony Romo, did oh come up God. with a classic line at yeah. the weekend, which was EJ Manuel was in, there he was about to try and li- lead a, a really long drive to get them back into the game, and Jim Nance turned to him and said, well, Tony, what do you, what do you think the Broncos, well, sorry, what do you think the Raiders do here? And he said, Jim, first of all, they pray. And second, <laughs> Chip Von Miller. <laughs> so that's a good line. And they yeah. did, which was useful. Oh, he really is hilarious. Look at the end of the f- first <laughs> half. There's four seconds to go. And Jim Nance says, what do you think he's going to do now, Tony? Oh, let me think about it. There's four seconds to go in the half. And then I, I think he's going to run out of play and kill the clock. He did. And then someone puts up on Twitter, great play calling by Tony Romo. Like, dummies could pick that play out. Yeah, you really, Seriously. you really don't like Tony. He, he misses the great insight from no. Phil Sims. That's that's yeah, the problem. God. But anyway, talking Tom. of Phil Sims and talking of the New York Giants. Wow. The New York Giants were at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They went down 23-25 on another last-second field goal. Look, um, last week it was Philadelphia, and I should have so said to you, you know, let me tell you a story all about how your team got flip side upside down. But this week, I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Irish poetry. <laughs> um, because Where do we find this man? <laughs> because, and I want to explain, Irish poetry, right? William Butler, Ye- William Butler Yeats, W.B. Yeats, greatest Irish poet of all time, had a poem once that was called ni- September 1913. And September 1913... I know what you're going to say here. You know the one that's going to say? There's a famous, ra- ra- la- famous rhyming couplet. Yeah. Romantic islands, dead and gone, it's with O'Leary in the grave. This is now the new updated version. It's October 2017, and for the 0-4 New York Giants, the Giants' season's dead and gone. Oh. It's with Brian O'Leary in the but, grave. But there's optimism from the one great Eli Manning who came out with the quote, I still think we're a good team. We are a good team. We still think we're a good team at 0-4. You can't go from 11-5 and five one season yeah. and make the playoffs. To be I'd hate to see what a team. bad team is. That, that, that's well, why, that's we're we're in say. hell right now, but you, know, you have to fight your way out there. We're not, no. the, we're not like the Jets or the Browns. We're talking about the New York <laughs> Giants here. And the best franchises in the NFL. Brian, look, seriously, it's heartbreaking again. We're, we're, lo- we're, we're giving games away. We're in the first quarter. We, we did, it's a carbon copy of the last two games in terms of... We went down early against the Eagles 14-0. We were down 14-0 because Mr. Faux couldn't kick the extra point. Yeah. Came back, got ourselves in the lead. Came back in the fourth quarter, get, got ourselves in the lead. And then lost on a field goal because we couldn't make tackles. So the defence, which I know I proclaimed as, as the number one defence in the league, as others have, people who know more than me, but uh, they're just not playing with each other at the moment. They look like completely different teams than last year. They're making mistakes. They're giving games away and giving every other team an opportunity to beat I them. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. As a Pats fan, I'd rather have your defense at the moment, but I didn't proclaim them to be the best defense well in like the NFL. Last year. But, um, t- but, but it must be heartbreaking to lose fourth quarter, kick a goal again. Two games in a row. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you lose. lose. And L's and L's. There's no asterisk beside to say lost by a few yeah. so we and have, and to and we have to start turning these close games It's not wins. the fourth quarter, though. It was the first quarter. In the first quarter, you had Cameron Brake wide open. You had O.J. Howard. It was a great line. Uh, wide open. The juice is loose. Not talking about O.J. Simpson being released from parole. O.J. Howard in the giant secondary. And he ran in <laughs> for a long <laughs> touchdown. Um, Brian, hope abounds. The 1992 San Diego Chargers. Correct. 1992, San Diego Chargers started 0-4, went 11-5, made the playoffs. Karma is coming because who did the Giants have in the next game? The LA Chargers on Sunday. There you go. And one of us has to get our first win. 
So it's it's destined. It's destined to be. Look, feel your pain, particularly the way it's finished last two weeks in a row. But uh, hang in there, Kitty. Uh, next game we look at Eagles at the Chargers. 26-24 sounds a lot closer than it was. The Eagles are effectively the NFC East dominators at the moment. They're the class act, and they've certainly got a lead in the division. Um, Chargers playing tight, but again, just not enough. Story here for me was LeGarrette Blunt back to form, rushed for 136 yards. And the impressive thing, you've got to win games in different ways. The Eagles took the ball with 6.44 left on the clock, shoved it up the jumper, ran out the clock, just drove it down the field. That was efficient and cl- you know pleasant to see from an Eagles fan perspective. Yeah. Now, I've seen LeGarrette Blunt, who, again, had a quite opening few weeks to come out and have that breakout game. Really, really important for Carson Wentz because I think he'd been carrying them a little bit the last few games. Um, and again, Carson Wentz was okay. He, again, he wasn't as amazing as he was in the previous games, but to have LeGarrette Blunt carry you a little bit there, that's what they need. You need to be able to have that where you can rely on your running back. And they hadn't had that in the last few games, so it's good to see. Uh, great result. Um, yep. And yeah, to be fair to the Eagles, they're, uh, they'll truck along with the next game. The, the biggest thing that was discussed after the game was actually the crowd. It, there was yes. It's already the impact of moving to LA has kicked in. They're not getting the crowds they expected. The game is predominantly full of Eagles fans. It's going to continue for the rest of the season for the Chargers. It feels like they're playing two away game every week in the league. I was I was going to throw that to you because you know Qualcomm was bad some games, like Pats games and Cowboys games. I know they they felt like they had to go to a silent count, but you know because it was every game. Yeah, and the stat you could you could hear the noise straight away because anytime there was a, a flag in one of the early drives and it was against the Chargers, the, the roar from the crowd. You're thinking, of course, is this in Lincoln Fields? But it's just, how is it going to progress? Because, you know, they may not win this weekend. We'll see what the picks are for the Chargers Giants game. But I just don't see where they, how this is going to work. There's already conversations about them going back to San Diego in two years. Don't see that. That's how I, I can't remember. Was it the first or the second game? But I did see an article which mentioned that some of the Chargers players thought they'd won with the last second field goal attempt in one of the weeks. Uh, because of the cheer of the crowd, but it was the away fans cheering <laughs> that it had missed. So, yeah, it, they're, they're, that's not helping them, but the Eagles go from strength to strength. Yeah. They get a win on the board. Um, you know, pleasant game, 49ers at Cardinals, 18-15 to the Cardinals. Actually, an overtime walk-off touchdown. They were responding to a field goal scored by the 49ers. In the second phase of overtime. In the last Minute of overtime, yeah. nearly it was minute 38 left. I think they went into the second phase, they played the first 10 minutes, there was no score. Then they went into another 10 minutes of overtime. Have a look at that, check that out. Either way, I was kind of looking at this game because I think I called the 49ers for this game. Um, and to be honest, they came close. Um, yeah. we're seeing improvements week in, week out with the 49ers, which is nice to see. Uh, but yeah, 18 15 doesn't say much for the Arizona Cardinals. It's an aging Carolina, sorry, an aging Cardinals team against. One of the poorer teams in the league. One of the poor teams, but I think uh, again we've we've stressed this is in it's a five year plan in San Fran at the moment. So look, I think the Cardinals, we kind of said they're pretty much done for the season, so they need to get this sort of a win. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't the most exciting game in my eyes. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm just wondering when Brian O'Leary suddenly rewrote the rules on the NFL rule book because there is no second phase of overtime. It was the second possession of overtime, but there oh, are must no. Have got that wrong. Must if there that. is more than one, if it goes to the ten minutes and then lapses, it's a draw. So it's a reduction from fifteen to okay. ten, not to create a second phase. You're thinking of second possession. I was okay. You're unusually quick to correct you, so thanks, uh, Exactly. It's all right. I Any feel time. better for myself now. I know. I, know, I thought you would. Yeah. Um, to close off the last couple of games quickly, guys. Colts at the Seahawks, a complete blowout. 46-18 yeah. in favour of the Colts. 14 points from defence. Colts played hard and hung in for a while, but the Seahawks swooped away 
with some useful momentum for their offense. Not much to say here. We all predicted this, so yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's inevitable that was going to happen. So yeah, Brissett yeah. got turned to a pumpkin again. Uh, Redskins at the Chiefs, 29-20 to the Chiefs. Sounds like it was a two-possession win, but it's the type of game, the way it finished, that would make you hate gambling. Because the very, very last play of the oh, game... I like it. <laughs> yeah, true. Very, very last play of the game. Chiefs have just scored a t- uh, field goal to go 23-20 up. Uh, kicked a touchback. Kirk Cousins is on his 25-yard line with about three seconds left. Fumbles the ball. Chiefs recover it. Score a touchdown with it. The touchdown meant the over was covered and the spread. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're finding ways to win. Smith was efficient again. Uh, Kareem Hunt again played well. And the defense got a key stop under the two-minute warning. I think, look, when you're, the, when you're the Chiefs and you've got Alex Smith and you've got your running back getting over 100 yards and you've got Travis Kelsey getting over 100 yards, you're in good steed. So I think, yeah, it's a great it result for the guys. And they're the only team that are 4-0. So. The one thing I would say as well is they were down by 10 points early and in the third quarter. So there's a bit of character for them to come back. And that particular last drive, take away that touchdown to win, I suppose, in theory to get the field goal to win the game. Mm. There was a great throw, I don't know if you've seen it, by Smith, where he rolled out, looked yeah. like the play was dead. A lot of quarterbacks, even Smith in, in his previous years, would have just thrown that out of bounds. Boy, because he has quite a good array of players around him, he just kept going, kept going, and waited for a player to make himself available. And his 20, 40 yard throw down the field, it was a fantastic throw, pretty much to win the game. Yeah. Um, it just goes to show as well sorry, how competitive the league is. After four weeks, that the Chiefs are the only team left that are, un- are, that yeah. are unbeaten, and the Redskins were pushing them close. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think the Chiefs can hold that momentum though? That's the big one. Um, we'll see. I'm yeah, you've got to play good in January and February, not necessarily. Yeah, well, they've got a big one this weekend as well, like Sunday night football against the uh, Texans, um, in Texans, yeah. sorry, in Houston. So they may not be unbeaten for much longer, but we will see. We'll see. So our picks last week, guys. Um, uh, shocking. Yeah, no, for some of us. Well, I got five. I think I got seven. And I stupidly picked the Dolphins, and I don't know why I did that, but I ended up with nine. So yeah. pulling back on the but two I'm boys. But yeah. I'm, still, I'm still in the lead, which is, again, harping on. Week I'm still in the lead is by he? one, I think. Yeah, he's still there, yeah. Okay. yeah so uh, look, it's hard being on the top, but I'll take it. It's a season-long battle, Gordo. Yeah. It's a season-long battle. Look, a brief standings reference as well. We've got a quarter of the season down, so we are at the quarter pole. Uh, Buffalo, three and one, are lead in the AFC East. Pittsburgh, as we said, three and one, lead in the AFC North. Jacksonville, Houston, and Texans all on two and two. Jacks, uh, Jags actually are on top on tiebreakers, but that'll be tight. Kansas City in the cream division, I think, so far. The AFC West, the four and zero leading. Philadelphia, three and one. Detroit, three and one, tied with Green Bay at the top of the NFC North, but leading on tiebreakers. Carolina and Atlanta both on three and one in the NFC South. Again, a tough division, which we called the start of the year. Yeah. New Orleans at bottom with two and two, but obviously only one game behind yeah. the lead. And in the NFC West, as I said, Los Angeles Rams, top of the division, 3-1 and one after four games of the season so and far. the Patriots third in the division. The Patriots just are third in the division. Yes, mm. they are, 2-2. Two and two. Is there a possibility you could be bottom this weekend? Uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's, a, it's a not a nice place to be, but you can join the party. I can join the party. Thank you. Yeah, I'll join the giants there. Um, any other random loves, hates, anything small from the 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 week that's gone? Um, well, it's it's more what's happened recently in the last two days. And again, we'll touch on it because I think it's important. Is Cam Newton uh, coming out and just showing his immaturity and just stupidity? Um, basically, coming out and um, fe- a fem- female reporter basically asked him a question about. The routes that were being run by um, Funches and, you know, how, how good was it for Cam to have a player that can run those sort of routes, physically demanding routes. 
And he looked and he said, laughed and smiled. And he goes, I just think it's funny that a female is asking me uh, about Roots in yeah. a press conference. Yeah. Like, uh, not, not one-to-one out the back. In a press conference in front of a room full of journalists yeah. and thinks it's funny and laughs at it. It's just, it's baffling. And it just shows you some of the things that, some of the way these players have been brought up and this macho attitude. And we thought it was being stamped out last year. But that, like, for a player that's... A new, he's a new player. He's only in the league a few years, and he, like it's not like he's an old timer and he comes from a different generation. It's just sad to see that and kind of I'm thing. I'm sorry, happening. I would say as well, he has been around the league a few times. He's been on plenty of media training. He's done these press conferences. Well, after before. what happened this to the Super Bowl, you'd expect more. Yeah. But to make that, and then apparently, and and, and on the win itself, like they're after winning a very big game. They've got yeah. into winning the one. Not many teams do that. So but he should be flying this but week. The, but the, need well, the worst thing is this isn't over yet because the journalist approached him in the locker room then to confront him on it. Uh, and the Panthers released a statement saying, we know that they met in the locker room and that Cam Newton expressed his um, sincere uh, apology, regret, regret and, and apolo- all this kind of stuff. And the reporter came out and said, no, he, no, didn't. he didn't. He didn't yeah. say that. He, he, he didn't apologize whatsoever. He, she said that apparently what he said was, oh, I should have said reporters. She have funny talking about roots because reporters don't know anything about football <laughs> rather than female. But he didn't actually apologize for the statement. He didn't apply, apologize for the clear sexism. Uh, that arose out of it and hasn't so far, as far no. as we are, we know at the time recording, apologise whatsoever, and it's another distraction they can do without. And like you say, shows a degree of immaturity. And I think it's going to affect them this week. On, on a on a lighter note, I loved uh, Jay Cutler's "I'm a little teapot" impression. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, the Dolphins did one play in the Wildcats. Yeah. So Cutler goes out to the wide receiver position, stands four yards off the line of scrimmage, puts his hands on his hips, and doesn't even move as the ball was snapped. Uh, disgruntled Jay is putting it mildly. Uh, my other love for this week was um, Ezekiel Elliott's um, touchdown celebration. And you, we all know his famous, you know, feed me uh, routine that he does. But this week he actually took his towel out and put it down as a napkin I in his shirt. And it was, that, that brilliant, was ridiculous. It was a brilliant really? celebration. Oh Excellent. That's Delighted. Or actually somebody also broke out a Mortal Kombat um, finish him finishing routine. finishing routine as a celebration I'm loving it I love the celebrations being back in the at least it's we're better we're than Odell uh, Beckham urinating like a dog well uh, that was just like yeah. again we won't get into that just idiot the Elliot woman was ridiculous <laughs> it really was no, I we're really showing the difference in age here actually, oh actually there, there was one other uh, celebration I found quite amusing uh, uh, Danny Amendola after scoring oh, yeah. the touchdown on the fourth down saw a fan in the back of the end zone with a mm. J11 Julian Edelman 11 towel so he kind of came over took it off the fan held it up to the cameras as if to say julian edelman we're uh, supporting you however i did get two messages from friends almost instantly saying geez i didn't realize danny amandola was jewish oh, they had read je11 as saying jew and it <laughs> i i didn't know what to do with it i kind of went it julian edelman lads get li- live with it <laughs> so yeah. it was uh, it was quite we uh, won't be bringing them on this part so yeah <laughs> no most definitely not what julian edelman or <laughs> Anyway, let's move on to the next week picks. Uh, We have four teams on bye week next week in week five as the byes start kicking in. The Falcons, the Saints, the Broncos and the Skins. Two off wins, two off losses and they'll enjoy the time off even if it is early in the season for them. Uh, Kicking off next week's games, Patriots at the Buccaneers is our Thursday night game. Do you want to kick this one off? Yeah, uh, okay. Um, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Probably an obvious choice but... uh, more so because I wasn't really too impressed with the Bucs, albeit they beat the Giants on mm. Sunday. They didn't seem to do very much. Um, they struggled the week before against the 
against the Vikings. So the win, the win before that was against the Bears, so it's hard to really gauge much from that because we don't know what the Bears are at. And uh, I, it's dangerous going against the Patriots. Um, I made that mistake going for the Saints a couple of weeks ago against the Patriots. They very rarely lose two games. I'd imagine they will do enough to win the game. I'm actually going to go for the Bucks. And I just and it's and it's purely down to the Patriots defense. I think the Bucks playing at home. I think Winston they're getting there. Um, from what we kind of saw in the off season. So yeah, I'm going to take a chance on this one. I'm going to go with the Bucks. That would be start the weekend in a good place. Oh, it would be the best way to start the weekend ever. Yes. So yeah, so I'm going to go with the Bucks for this one. I can't blame Gordon, unfortunately, seeing the Patriots defense last weekend. And Doug Martin is back from suspension for the Buccaneers, so that will really assist their run game. But I'm going with the Pats, not out of loyalty, but they're coming off a loss. And the Patriots generally do bounce back heavily after a loss, and they need a win. So I'm going with Tom Brady and the Patriots there. Next game, Bills at the Bengals. Both teams are surprising this year. One surprisingly good, the other surprisingly stinking up the place. Uh, some life for the Bengals this week. Does it get extinguished as this game uh, goes on next week? Uh, I'm going to go for the Bengals. I'm going to go with Andy Dalton, and I think he will. I think they'll keep up their their scoring at the moment, and that's what I really think is going to happen this weekend with the Bengals. So yeah, that's my pick. The monster does continue. Yes, yeah. it's not often I agree with Gordon, but no. this week we're okay. Yeah, I see the same. I see the Bengals' offense starting to put things together, and I think they will have too much against a very good Bills defense. defense yeah. But um, it's still a tough enough game for most teams going in there. Cincinnati, I'd expect the Bengals to pull this one out. I can see it potentially being a letdown game for the Bills after such a, a great win against the Falcons. But no, I'm going to stay with the Bills. I'm going to stay with their momentum being built. And I think they'll, they'll take out the win here. Uh, Jets at the Browns. Uh, look, this is two poor teams. Uh, it's not necessarily the race to the first pick, as you would have thought, though, because the Jets are on a two-win roll. Can they move to three and two? I say yes. The Browns won't be as bad this week, but I say the Jets will take it. No, yeah, it, it, sorry, go on, Brian. No, you go, you go first. It's the Browns. Browns win. I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm, I'm convinced they're going to get the win. So I just want to check as well, Brian, because remember, Gordo has said the Browns come in seven, seven games. And six, yeah. So, so now games, they're going to go seven and five for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's running no games. The mistake in the lake, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> 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 the Jets will win this weekend. I imagine they'll have good game management from McCown and they'll they'll win the game. I'm going to say the Jets will win comfortably. Okay. Panthers at the Lions. Uh, roar, obviously, from both teams here. Uh, who's going to roar loudest? Gordo. Yeah, I think uh, we just discussed the Cam Newton situation and I do think it's going to rumble on for another while, including into this game. Uh, and I also, I, I think Stafford is doing well with the Lions, so my pick's the Lions to win this game. Yeah, both teams 3-1, but I've been more impressed with the Lions than I have the Panthers. Um, I'd expect Stafford to win this game, yeah. Uh, I'd agree. Uh, Panthers' offense has been sporadic. They performed last week against the Pats, but that doesn't mean they're going to perform in back-to-back weeks, particularly not against that Lions defense. We've all got Lions at home then. 49ers at the Colts, bottom feeders unite. Brian? Uh, yeah, well, you said the Colts wouldn't win a game until uh, Mr. Luck returned. And uh, acknowledged I was wrong last week, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm expecting the Colts to win again. Um, Jacoby has been good for them. He was good last week in the first half, but he's playing against a very strong Seahawks defense. Um, he won't play against a defense that good this weekend. They're at home. I think the Colts will win. I'm actually going to go against Brian on this one, and I'm going to go with San Francisco. I think they came very, very close last week. Uh, I do think there's improvements being made every week in San Francisco. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to San Fran for this game. And I'm going to take the 49ers. Yeah. I think they... 
played tough and tight against the Cardinals. I do think they're building something. And I don't trust the Colts outside of Hilton and outside of Brissett doing something. The lone wolf, huh? Uh, you can lone wolf away and you'll be wrong this week. <laughs> Titans at the Dolphins. Both are coming off ugly, ugly, ugly games. I'm going to lead this one off. I'm going to go with the Titans. They were building something. They've got that smash mouth mm. rug f- uh, rugby football going on. It was a very bad game against the Texans. Mm. They'll get back on track against the Finns. And Mariota's fit for this game, isn't he? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. Star's still in doubt. Yeah. If he doesn't play, I don't see them winning because I don't think Mac Hassel's good enough. Um, we need to see a reaction. This is the first home game as well for the Dolphins because obviously that game yes, was yeah. cancelled in week one. If, if Mariota plays, I'd go with the Titans. On the base, he's not playing. I'm picking the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm gonna go. So your pick is the Dolphins. Let's just say there's no conditionality yeah, to our you pick. You can't throw that into this. Like, I'm gonna go with the Titans. Um, I still do think they have one of the best offensive lines, even though it hasn't really clicked at the moment. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Titans. Okay, I pick the Dolphins, no matter what happens. Good man. Right. Uh, the 1992 Chargers, as I said before, first team and only team in the wild card era to make the playoffs after going 0 4. Chargers at the Giants. It's meant to be, Brian. Yep, this weekend we start taking ourselves away from hell and we start putting ourselves back in a place where we can at least be competitive within the division. Giants are going to win this weekend. Yeah, you're like the Browns with me, you know, just every week just keep going optimistic, no, optimistic. This is the New York Giants we're talking about, not the Cleveland Browns. So. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying they're on 0-4, and four, so I'm going to say they're going to go 0-5. and five. They, they also do have, that to annoy me. They here. also do have four Super Bowls to your zero, Yordo, so in uh, fairness. I'm just going to say 0-5. Zero zero you're going with the Chargers. going to go with the Chargers. It's very different for teams to travel from West Coast over to East Coast. It, it is, and uh, it's a 1 p.m. game, is it? Yeah. Yeah, which is particularly problematic for them. I think the Chargers just find new ways to lose every week. They haven't been as bad as their record suggests, but neither have the Giants been as bad as their record suggests. Uh, at home, if New York are behind at half time, that crowd's going to get ugly. But they have been close and thereabouts, and they will break their duck this week, and they'll move to one and four. I, actually, I go I, Giants. I, I, I'm going to pray all weekend. But the Pats and the Giants lose. I just not, it's not very nice. Is that's, it? that's not very pleasant in relation. Well, we don't pray to see the, br- the Browns lose. We just know they're going to lose. <laughs> Spe- speaking of praying, uh, Jaguars at Steelers. What should we pray for, Brian? Pray that the Jags make the game competitive because uh, <laughs> they're coming off a rough loss last weekend and it doesn't get any easier going into... They're like the Bears a bit. They've been up and down week to week. They're comp- not more competitive than... You know, we expect them to be competitive, but... They just have a way. They have a habit of lo- have losing games when you expect them to win at the moment. Now I can't see it beyond the Steelers. I think Steelers will win this comfortably. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd like to see the Jaguars beat them, particularly after Gordon's comment just there. Uh, but I can't see past the Steelers. Look, if the Steelers' offense remains um, uh, kind of deficient and uh, defunct a little bit, the Jags' defense will make them pay. But Steelers are at home. Got to go, Steelers. And you got to bear in mind, Blake Bortles is just not good. And to see this defense, but he hasn't been killing them. That's the thing; he uh, hasn't been killing them this season. T- yeah. But you, you'd expect Steelers at home yeah, has to be. Yeah, Steelers same for me. Okay. Cardinals at Eagles. Uh, I'll lead this one off for me. It's very simple. Uh, could be a bit of a letdown, but I'm going Eagles. Carlos uh, Carson Vents uh, looked impressive. The Cardinals quite simply have not looked impressive. They're an Asian side, and they're not going to be able to compete against the strong Philadelphia side, especially the fact that it's in Lincoln Field and. Philly, Philly, the Eagles will win. Yep, Eagles all day long. Ravens or Raiders? Um, yeah, I kind of touched on it earlier. Um, I still think Manuel has enough to kind of at least manage the game efficiently for the Raiders. 
defense to do a number on that Ravens offense, which is struggling, to be honest. Um, you're expecting the Ravens' defense to keep them in the games, and if they can't, the game is gone very quickly. No, I think the Raiders will get the win they need to keep things moving on whilst cars out. I think they're very lucky that they're playing the Ravens. Um, I did say earlier on I didn't think they'll win while Derek Carr is out, but against the Ravens and what they did last week against the Steelers, yeah, I'll go with the Raiders for this game. I, I, I can see a way in which the Ravens win this game, particularly with Manuel there, uh, Manuel there um, but I think the Raiders will still have too much. If they can get Lynch going, particularly at home, I go Raiders. I think it's too much to ask. Here's a key game, two great games this weekend coming up now, guys. Well, actually, three in a row. Seahawks at Rams, we kick it off with. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. I said it's a tough choice for Sky, which one they pick, whether in the 9 o'clock slot this game or the Green Bay-Dallas game, they're obviously going to the Packers game. Um, are the Rams for real? I'm still not convinced. But, you know, it was a great win last weekend um, going into Dallas, and they certainly seem to be turning the corner. I'm going to stick with the Seahawks. They've offenses seems to have got their act together the last couple of weeks. I know they put in a point score against Colts who aren't that great, but the week before that against Tennessee, they, they, they did kind of start to look to turn things around. I'm going to give Seattle the edge. I'm going to go with the LA Rams. Yeah, I think Goff is... I have big faith in Goff and more so Sean McVay. I, I'm really impressed with the way he's uh, managing this team. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go LA Rams. I think uh, earlier in the season I was trying to call a breakout game for uh, Carson Vents against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think Goff proved it against the Cowboys. He can compete on the big stage. This will be a big, big game. And it really is effectively for a strong division lead. But I'm I'm I believe and might be they believing too early, but yeah. I believe. Yeah, I, I believed in week two when the other Redskins. That's exactly we all believe too and soon. They're playing against a much better side this I week. I believe this Gurley's week. Gurley's playing a lot better as well, and he's also becoming much more of a receiving threat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which he's not wouldn't be one of his strong points. So the sky game, as Brian just said, though, is Packers at Cowboys, and this is a stonking game. Uh, I'll kick this one off. For me, the Cowboys are going to lose again. The Packers are going to take this game. Yes, they don't have a running game at the moment, but Aaron Rodgers has enough, particularly to take advantage of that poor Cowboys secondary. Um, and actually, Brian, I know we talked about this during the week. This was the playoff game to beat playoff games, except for the Super Bowl, of course, last year. Uh, and it's basically a rematch of that. Yeah, and you kind of touched on it there. Um, Cowboys, the concerns they had in the secondary during the offseason, they got rid of a lot of players in free agency. They've gone with a lot of rookies. Um, the expectation was that they would not be able to deliver straight away and it's kind of gradually starting to come to that now and uh, last weekend they were greatly exposed and there's no worse team to play against in terms of a quarterback than Rodgers in terms of exposing the secondary that's not good I think the Packers will win yeah I'm gonna go with the um, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers for this game I think the the Cowboys have like, you know put in some good performances some good plays from certain players but just they're not the team that they were um last season so yeah yeah Packers for this okay. one. Chiefs at Texans Chiefs all day long um, I I think they're on a serious run at the moment and I think they'll keep it up for the next few weeks uh, it'll just be interesting to see when it comes Christmas time how they'll be doing but yeah I've got the Chiefs and Alex Smith Okay, I'm going to go with the Texans they're at home Sean Watson is starting to really deliver he looks comfortable in the pocket he looks comfortable in the play calling from Bill O'Brien they're at home their defence is starting to turn a corner as well um, I, think I just think the Chiefs have more weapons on offence True, but you got Fuller back for the t for the Texans, the wide receiver, the rookie running back is starting to deliver as well with with Miller. Mm. Um, no, I think the Texans. I think there's been a couple of games the Chiefs could have lost. They've have been finding ways to win, which is the key of a successful side. But yeah, I I think this is one they slip on. They're going to have their eye forward on key divisional games coming up, uh, 
And so I think they they dropped the ball a little bit on this one. They played the Raiders in a couple of weeks. Exactly. Yeah. And they're, they're the games that they know they're going to have to win. They've got two big games against Raiders, two big games against Broncos. It's going to decide yeah. their fate. But I think they might drop their, their attention and they'll slip to the Texans. And then finally... Monday Night Football, we have prime time for the Bears in back-to-back weeks. God, they don't deserve it, but they've got it. Uh, Vikings at the Bears on Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's yeah Vikings. It's, it's not going to be an entertaining game. But Gordon, it's an odd week. Remember this. It's yeah. an odd week. Vikings. Vikings for this one easily. Before the quarterback decision, there was a very little... Uh, there, there was very little to discuss on this game, really. You yeah. know, in terms of what you expect from the Bears and... The Vikings obviously did have gone two away games and lost both, but obviously with Trubisky starting, Zimmer will obviously pl- plan not to have him getting outside of the pocket because if he gets outside the pocket, he can be dangerous. I bet he wishes Glenn was still in there. Howard and Cohn have been very good for the Bears, in particular at home games, and I think they'll rely on him with the rookie coming in. I'm going to give the win to the Bears. I think they're going to surprise us and win the game. Okay, okay. And uh, did I make my pick? No, I didn't. Um... <laughs> I want to go with the Bears, actually, because I actually think it's going to be closer. But the Vikings... Uh, Bradford's not back yet still, is he? No. See, that's the problem. And the seven points they got against the Lions is worrying in, in relation to it. No, do you know what? I'm I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to go with the Bears as well. I think the running game could prove strong. And I fully believe in my odd week, off week, uh, even week uh, scenario in this regard. Right, just brings us to rounding up things. Brian, do you have a bet for us for the week? Yeah, okay. Not that I give you deliveries any winners, but um, I'm going to stick with the Raiders. They're at home. They're 4-6. to six. That's a good price for a home team um, on the basis that car is out. The Eagles are 6.5 on the spread. Home to the Cardinals, I think the Eagles will cover that. And I think the Steelers, because I said I think they'll be comfortably, they'll cover the 8.5. So Raiders to win. Eagles minus 6.5. Steelers minus 8.5. And, and if you shop around, you get around 6-1. to one. Very good, very yeah. good. I'm uh, I'm going to take a chance this week. I'm going with a treble, uh, and I'm going with the handicaps. I'm going with uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plus five. Um, Buffalo Bills, plus three. Detroit Lions, minus 2.5, and that gets you six to one. So you're saying the Bengals are going to win, but the Bills are going to cover? Yeah, I'm. So where am I saying this? You're going with the Bills plus the handicap. Anyway, well, I think the bi- I I I think the Bills will cover the plus three. Yeah, correct. I think okay. they I think they, I think they'll come close to that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't have a bet. Actually, last week I finally got a bet that won um, because I went on to one of Paddy's specials, which was for Fournette, Gurley, Elliot, and pa- Powell all to score touchdowns. Yeah, they wouldn't pay. They didn't pay me. No, I had to get onto them. Actually, it was rather annoying in the first instance. But that came in at sixteen to one, so that was uh, a nice little earner. You'll have to find an anytime touchdown special for the weekend. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to send that out on Twitter. Okay. Okay. But for now, that's us. Uh, that's going to be our final play of the week. I uh, want to thank, as always, uh, our engineer par excellence, Jason. And uh, in the week, guys, where there's been lots of surprises and lots of surprising turns, unfortunately, the surprise is that the New York Giants still haven't won a game is probably the biggest of all. Uh, but that's it from us. This has been the NFL Irish NFL podcast for brought to you in association with the 40.2.ie. Do follow us on Twitter at IrishNFLPod and find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. But for now, it's goodbye from Gordo. Goodbye. Goodbye from Brian. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye.